I'm going to move this aside and then um, just say another uh, prayer to launch us into our uh, bigger kid reflection time. Uh, pray with me. Uh, may the words of my mouth, Lord Jesus, and the, uh, the meditation, the thoughts of my heart and our hearts uh, be acceptable to you, O Lord, my God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Uh, Isaiah 44, verse 8, you heard it uh, just a couple of minutes ago, right? Uh, is there a God beside me? There is no rock. I know not any. Uh, we saw a, a passage to that that was very similar to that uh, back a couple of weeks ago in the book of Deuteronomy, where, where God kind of puts himself in parallel with this rock. He's calling himself a rock. Uh, the way that Hebrew poetry works, right, is a lot of times it says something, and then it says the same thing again just in different words, right, so you can better understand it. So, so another way to sort of see this, right, is, is there a rock beside me? Is there a God beside me? Uh, there is no rock. There is no God beside me, not any. I know not any. Uh, these are the words of God himself, right? And so, so a rock, of course, is something that is strong and stable and steady, right? It endures for a long time. And so um, this morning, as we're thinking about places for us to stand, um, th there's really um, no better place than standing on a rock, uh, so, so just kind of put that out there, and, and, and let's think about that as our objective to get to. But, but let's kind of take a step back and just think about where we stand on a day-in and day-out basis. And so this is the audience participation part, and the part where I'd love for you to engage and, um, and chime in on Zoom or Facebook. Um, uh, just shout out some things that people stand for, uh, especially maybe in the last few months. What do people stand for? What's something that that comes to mind. Maybe it's you, maybe it's somebody else that you know, no judgment in the room, we're just throwing ideas out there. Uh, what's something that you stand for? Go ahead and just shout something out. Getting to see each other again, right? You stand for that without these, he says, without the mask on. Yeah, what's something else that people stand for? No, oh, we're all too shy. What's that? Jobs? So uh, increasing the number of jobs that are out there. Is that what you're saying? Oh, just getting back to a job. Sure. Okay, good. Uh, and, uh, let's word it just a little bit differently. What's something that people stand with? Getting back together. What else is something that we stand with? A wife. Yeah, that's a great one, right? A spouse, uh, a, a good friend, uh, something else that we stand with. Our religious belief, yeah, so uh, here's my, uh, my faith denomination, here's my, uh, my stance on, you know, what I believe about God or about the world or about people, sure. So um, think about this, right? We, we stand on stuff all the time. We stand with things all the time. Uh, people are always standing for something. And so um, uh, when we... When we stand on or for something, Isaiah chapter 44 has a lot to say about that. Uh, Isaiah 44 is trying to help us see that there is no better foundation for our life, no better rock to stand on, to stand with, to stand for, than the God of the Bible. So Isaiah 44 um, says basically that there's no better rock 
right? There's no better rock. And I'm just going to rattle through uh, those first eight verses that we already heard earlier and, and just kind of walk through the things that make God the better rock to stand on. Uh, verse one, it says that this rock chooses you. This rock chooses you. Um, uh, and, and he doesn't just choose you on your best days, but on your worst days. Yeah, it's really significant, right? He says, oh, hear, uh, hear, O Jacob, is what that uh, 44 verse 1 says. Uh, hear, O Jacob. Anytime that you see Jacob in the Bible, that's kind of a way of saying, God really shouldn't have chosen you, but he did, <laughs> right? So, so Jacob is a stinker, right? Jacob is not like a, a flattering term. It's not like it's saying, hear, O people of God who always obey and do the right thing. No, no, it's, it's saying, hear, O deceiver, O trickster. God has chosen you. Uh, Jacob is known for being a grabber. That's what the name literally means, right? He comes out of the womb and he's grabbing on to his twin brother's heel, his twin brother's ankle. Um, he's constantly grabbing things that really aren't his to grab. Uh, he is constantly deceiving people, tricking people um, uh, into uh, getting what he wants. And so it's really significant here that in 44 verse 1, uh, the rock says, hey, I choose you, Jacob. You are chosen. The rock chooses you. Uh, 44 verse 2, uh, this rock made you. He literally created you. Uh, think about how significant that is, right? We, we've got a rock now that, that chooses you and a rock that has created you, literally made you. Um, uh, when I think about what I stand with or stand for, I stand with the White Sox, of course, right? The White Sox have never chosen me. The White Sox certainly didn't make me, and they definitely don't choose me on my worst days. Um, just think about how incredible it is that, that, that God is saying, hey, I am this rock that chooses you on your worst days. Um, I am a rock that made you. You all were afraid to say it, but people stand for political beliefs. They stand with a political party. Political beliefs and parties don't choose us. They don't make you. But God is a rock that has chosen you and a, and a rock that has made you. Verse 3, right? This rock helps you. Uh, he, he pours out water on thirsty land. He, he pours out his spirit upon a people that need it. Just think about how significant that is, right? When, when a ground is thirsty, when a land is thirsty, there's nothing better than to see the, the rain cloud hanging over that thirsty land. Uh, when a people have bad attitudes and bad hearts, they, there's nothing better than to see somebody else coming into that space with a smile, changing the attitude and the spirit of that room. This is exactly what this rock, our God, does. He's a rock that helps you. He pours out water on the thirsty land. He pours out his spirit. Verse 6 is packed with facts about what makes this rock better than any other rock to stand on. Um, this rock redeems you. He buys you back. Um, this rock is the commander of heavenly armies. You want to talk about something powerful to stand with? Right? This rock commands heaven's armies. Um, uh, this rock is not just strong and stable and steady. This rock is eternal. Verse 6 tells us that he is the first and the last, right? This rock is eternal. Verse 7, this rock is open to challenge. 
Isn't that cool? I love verse 7. That's why I just throw it out there. He's basically saying, look, I'm the best rock to stand on. There's no better rock than me. Um, but hey, bring on the challengers. Anybody that wants to, to show that they're a better rock to stand on, go ahead, prove it. I, I love verse 7. He's saying, hey, I'm open to challenge. This rock, our God, is open to challenge. There is no better rock to stand on. Amen? Um, so, so if we think about this, right, um, how do we actually stand on the rock? It, it's one thing for us to sort of come in here and nod our heads. Yep, uh-huh, yeah, God's the best rock to stand on, <laughs> right? It's one thing for us to be at home and say, yeah, preach. Yeah, that's good. Stand on the rock. How do we actually stand on the rock? Uh, Matthew 7 becomes really helpful here. Jesus tells this great little story. You're going to be familiar with it. You've probably heard it before. I'm going to read it, verses 24 to 27, and then kind of unpack it. This is an easy-to-understand story um, so that we can better understand a deeper spiritual truth. And this deeper spiritual truth is going to help us to think through how do we actually stand on the rock. Uh, Matthew 7, 24, this is right at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. It's a, it, it's, a, it's a great simple story, right, with a deep spiritual truth attached. What we've got is two builders, right? We've got, we'll just call him Builder A, right? Builder A um, builds a structure that lasts a long time. There's this storm that comes up, and it's, and, it's, and it's pushing against the structure, and it's a triple threat storm, right? It's a really, really bad storm. We usually just kind of downplay it, and like, you know, we sing sweet kindergarten songs about it. This is not a kindergarten type of storm. This is wind and rain and floods that are all pushing against the structure that Builder A built. This is the triple threat storm, and still, even with that triple threat storm, the, the, the structure that Builder A built is still standing. Why? Because he built on a good foundation. He built on the rock. The deeper spiritual truth, of course, that Jesus is trying to reveal to us is that Builder A hears and does. He hears the word of God and puts it into practice. Um, he hears the word of God and allows it to move from his head to his heart, to his hands, to his feet. He hears the word of God through opening up scripture. He hears the word of God through listening to great sermons <clears throat> or podcasts or right now media or whatever it takes to hear God's word. He hears God's word and then he actually responds to it and, uh, and, and does what God's word says. And Jesus says that that person is wise that that person is building the structure of their life in a way that is going to stand, even against the worst of triple threat storms. Uh, builder A hears and does. So if we want to be a people that are standing on the rock, the way to actually stand on the rock, of course, is to hear the word of God and to respond to it, to actually do what it says. And then we get this uh, Builder B, we'll call him, right? Builder B um, builds a structure that doesn't last. 
We get the same triple threat storm, right? The same uh, storm that is not a kindergarten type of storm. There's winds and there's rains and there's floods. And and of course, when that triple threat storm comes, um, that structure gets knocked over. And I love the language that Jesus used. Did you catch it? It's not like, oh, one side of the house like falls off. It's not like, uh, you know, the house just kind of like does the cartoon. No, no. It falls with a what? A great crash, it says. Uh, this is a complete destruction of the structure that builder a uh, that builder b built why because he built on the sand now uh, the deeper spiritual truth here of course is that the builder b does one good thing if we give him the benefit of the doubt and he does one really bad thing uh, the good thing that he does just like builder a is he hears the word of god um, he hears it through scripture, he hears it through uh, podcasts or, or uh, sermons or right now media or whatever it takes, but he hears the word of God, but he never allows that word of God to move from his head to his heart and to his hands and to his feet. Um, he hears the word of God, but he never actually applies it. He never actually allows it to change his life in the way that he does life. And so Jesus calls that builder a foolish builder. He calls that builder one that's um, not standing on the rock. Um, That builder is uh, standing on something else. Maybe he's standing on one leg, maybe he's standing on a chair, but he's standing on uh, what we would say is probably shaky ground instead of a firm, stable, steady foundation. So when we think about how to stand on the rock, Uh, Matthew 7 is just a great place to go because it's a simple but deeply challenging story. Anybody else? (laughs) Uh, On our best days and our best moments, yeah, we we are like Builder A, and and we hear God's word, and we respond to it. Um, And and, and that's good, and we're standing on the rock, and we feel like we've got a solid, rock-solid, steady, strong foundation that we're building the structure of our life on. But we also know that that's usually a struggle. Um, Sometimes we struggle to just hear God's word at all. We're not opening up scripture. We're not engaging sermons or Bible studies or right now media. We're just not hearing God's word. Or or maybe we're we're struggling to hear God's word but not actually apply it and and move it to our, our, our hands and our feet. And so what happens then, of course, is we find ourselves and we feel like we're standing on shaky ground. Like we're standing on smaller rocks. And it's really hard to balance. Anybody else? See, it's one thing to say and to know without a shadow of a doubt, yeah, God is the rock to stand on. It's another thing to say, how am I actually standing on that rock? And so for me, it's really helpful to do two things when I sort of find myself standing on that shaky ground, when I find myself uh, in kind of that unstable territory. The first thing is to just go back to Matthew 7 and to just hear and do, (laughs) right? To just go back to God's word. I mean, that's like super simple, right? But that's the whole point of the story, to just go back to God's word in some way, shape, or form, uh, to let it soak into my heart and to my mind, uh, to begin to process with Krista or other people and say, here's what God is saying to me, and here's what I'm going to do about it. 
um, to actually hear and do what God's word says. The other thing that's really helpful to do when I find myself sort of standing on shaky ground and not standing very well is to really just go back to where is Jesus standing? And what is Jesus doing? Uh, let me just rattle off some passages for you. And, and Edward, I think I put maybe one or two of these up there. So just try to listen to my cue for which, I don't remember which passage I put on there. Uh, but, but just check this out, right? This is Matthew 26, verse 64. Uh, Jesus is going to make a prediction about where he's going to be standing. Matthew 26, 64. Um, Jesus says this, In the future you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's, what, right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. Um, uh, this is Jesus standing on a mock trial. He's about to suffer. He's about to die. And he's making a prediction about where he's going to be located, seated in the place of power at God's right hand. Acts chapter 7, um, a man named Stephen has a vision of heaven. The, the, the heavens open up, and here's what he says. He says, look, I see heaven open, and I see the Son of Man, what? Standing at God's right hand. Romans 8.34, who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand. Ephesians 1 verse 20, Christ was raised from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Colossians 3 verse 1, Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Hebrews 1 verse 3, Jesus sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Uh, uh, Hebrews 8 verse 1, Jesus the high priest sat down in the place of honor beside the throne of the majestic God in heaven. We're not done yet, right? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. But our high priest Jesus offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for our sins, good for all time. And then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand, right? 12, verse 2. Jesus is now seated in the place of honor God, beside God's throne. 1 Peter 3, 22. Now Christ has gone to heaven. He is seated in the place of honor next to God. Over and over again, <laughs> where is Jesus? Sitting or standing at the right hand of God. What does that mean? It means that he has um, significant power. <laughs> it means that whatever he says actually happens. It means that whatever he says is true and can be depended on without a shadow of a doubt. The New Testament witness is clear about where Jesus is located. And so it makes the words of Jesus incredibly powerful. I want to go back to Hebrews, uh, to Isaiah 44. There's this great thing that happens, right? Uh, verses 1 to 8, uh, the, the, the writer, uh, Isaiah, uh, tells us, hey, there's no better rock to stand on. And then in the, in the next verses, um, verses 9 all the way through verse 20, guess what happens? He details how the people are standing on something besides God. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> Uh, there's no better rock to stand on. Oh, everybody's standing on something besides God. And so just think about, it. I mean, if you were God, what would you say to people in that moment? <laughs> if you were God and it just got revealed, hey, there's no better rock to stand on. And everybody's standing on something besides the rock. What would you say to those people? Here's what God says. Remember these things, O Jacob. And Israel, for you are my servant. I formed you. You are my servant, 
O Israel, you will not be forgotten by me. I have blotted out your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. This is what Jesus says at the right hand of God. These are the powerful words that he speaks to us today. Remember that I made you. Remember that you will not be forgotten, ever. Remember that I have blotted out, erased, wiped away your transgression, your sin, and return to me. He's still there, <laughs> inviting you back. He's still there saying, hey, I know you're standing on shaky ground. I know you're trying to stand on rocks that are far too small. I know that you're standing on things that are, that are going to break apart and things that you're going to sink into and things that, that are going to make you feel unstable. So return to me. I've already blotted out your transgression. I've already uh, made you, created you, and I will never forget you. And so I just want to end with 44 verse 23. Sing. Sing, O heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout, O depths of the earth. Break forth into singing, O mountains, O forest and every tree in it. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob, has redeemed you, and will be glorified in all of Israel. Amen. Hey, let's pray together. Uh, Heavenly Father, you are the, uh, the, the rock to stand on, and, and we just thank you for, for who you are. Thank you for sending Jesus uh, to suffer and to die, to rise again, uh, so, that we might, um, so that we might be invited back, so that we might be invited to, to come back to you and to listen to your voice to respond to what you are saying. Lord Jesus, thank you for the invitation. <laughs> Thanks for the fresh invitation, the, 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 the certainty and the joy to come back to you, um, to refresh your word in our heart and our mind, to have a rock-solid foundation under us once again. And so, Jesus, we thank you for redeeming us. We thank you for your forgiveness. And we thank you for the fresh invitation today to simply return and to have our feet firmly planted on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to state our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. If they are your words of faith, go ahead and say them with us. If you just want to take time to consider those words, then just take that time as you need. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, 
the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And what is a disciple? Someone who is following Jesus, is being changed by Jesus, and is on mission with Jesus. Uh, go ahead and have a seat. Um, uh, that uh, slide there is really important, just the uh, what is a disciple, right? Our heartbeat, our vision, uh, our hope is to help people become disciples that make disciples. And so we just uh, continue to ask for your prayers over that mission, over that hope, uh, over that desire, and, uh, and invite you to participate. Uh, you know, if you're able to participate with a financial gift, uh, that would help us to continue that work. Uh, we just say thank you in advance for that. Uh, let's continue with our next song.
God and my rock, there truly is no God like you. Uh, there's no rock like you. There is no better place to stand with or stand on or stand for. Uh, nothing else chooses us on our worst days. Uh, nothing else created us. Uh, nothing else helps as much as or as consistently as you do. Well, thank you for being a great and amazing rock to stand on to stand with, and to stand for. Uh, there are many uh, things that trouble us today, things that trouble our hearts and our minds and our bodies. Oh Lord, my God, my rock, will you please hide us in your shelter? Hide us in the shelter of your presence. Will you conceal us and protect us under the cover of your tent? Uh, lift us high upon a rock. O oh Lord, our God, our rock, sometimes we stand on lesser rocks. Sometimes we stand on things that are not rocks at all. We don't hear your word. We don't apply it. We build structures that, that don't last. Please forgive us. Have mercy on us. Uh, draw us up from the pit, out of the muck and out of the mire, and set our feet once again upon the rock. You, O oh Lord, um, uh, our God, our rock, you alone are our rock and our salvation. You are our fortress. Uh, we will not be shaken. As we stand with you and for you and on you, we can be certain that we will not be shaken. As we hear your word and respond, we know that we stand on unshakable ground. You, Lord God, are everlasting. 
you are the first and the last. You have no beginning and no end. You are an everlasting rock for us to stand on. You're always there. You're never defeated. You're always ready to welcome us each day, each hour, each moment. Oh, Lord God, we trust in you and we love you. These and all things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's pray the prayer that he has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please stand with us um, for these last two songs. Um, and let's sing praises to our holy God this morning as we sing the first one. It's called Revelation Song.
Praising God and sing Hosanna, Hosanna. Praise is rising, eyes are turning to you. We turn to Turn 
have a seat. Uh, a couple of things to uh, just keep in front of us. Uh, one thing is holiday help. Uh, that's an ongoing opportunity uh, to help us uh, be a blessing to the community. Uh, you can either help us by, um, uh, by, by giving donations towards um, Thanksgiving meals for people or by nominating families that maybe will have a hard time putting a Thanksgiving meal on the table. Um, or um, Angel Tree is another way that we uh, try to serve our community. So those are ongoing uh, ways to help and get involved. You can find more information by going to resministry.org and there uh, should be a link right there on the front page that will help you uh, navigate through that and the ways to help. Um, the other uh, thing that, that I want to make sure that we're seeing is just a couple of schedule things. 10.45 today in the parking lot, you can come and join us for a communion ceremony. Um, it'll be a little chilly, so make sure that you bring a blanket uh, or a jacket um, or stay in your car and use the radio technology uh, that we'll provide. Uh, but a communion ceremony, 1045 today in the parking lot. And then ongoing on Wednesday nights, we're doing uh, dinner and devotion again. Dinner on your own, devotion together uh, over Zoom and Facebook Live. So we would invite you to, to join us for that. We're looking at the different fruits of the Spirit and what that looks like in the life of Jesus and how we can live those things out uh, in our own lives in an ongoing kind of way. Otherwise, we go knowing that Jesus Christ truly is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Go in peace.